This is Stu Epperson from the Truth Talk podcast, connecting current events, pop culture, and theology. And we're so grateful for you that you've chosen the Truth Podcast Network. It's about to start in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, and please share it around with all your friends. Thanks for listening, and thanks for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here, now. So Sam, is the reason that we're <laughs> deeply entrenched in this bunker have anything to do with fear? <laughs> you know when incoming when we had when we had the discussion of how we wanted that intro to be yeah it was pre-covid <laughs> it was pre lots of things you know that's going on but you know a trench barricade may sound okay <laughs> some days you know yeah yeah well, like that's it's cold war all over again right yeah but you know i think that's honestly part ties right into our topic we're talking about this topic of fear that we were talking about on the last show and carrying over into this show is um some guys end up in an entrenched barricade when 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 <laughs> fear comes about that would be me yeah i entrenched myself well <laughs> you do you do in that last first season doesn't it andy it does and then what happens typically after that oh uh, it's not good yeah yeah i mean you finally get tired some of whether it's hiding or you know a lot of times I, I was thinking back here a lot of times i didn't really see fear for what it was too mm-hmm. i was going to bring that up earlier it's just you know i think it came comes in other forms and maybe we really do know and re- realize that you know the thought of somebody really knowing who we are or our uh, insufficiencies or whatever they're going to see they know it anyway but we think we're hiding something. But, uh, yeah, I just – I think uh, for a long time, I just I – can, I can think of a multitude of things that I was fearful about. And, and it's not like I still don't deal with a lot of that. But, you know, we, were, we talked about wives and not being able to, you know, take on something that needs to be said because you've seen it's not gone bad, good in the past. So then whenever you do finally address it, it doesn't come out good, and then you have an explosion, and it and it's, you know, it ends up hurting both sides. Well, there is a piece that only comes on the other side of war. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby. Well, the other thing I thought about is the sort of mental picture that I can't get rid of that Hans Scheil actually gave me, that, you know, when you lie, and, and I have a tendency when I'm scared mm-hmm. to lie, about the situation well i'm not going to tell everything that's going on here because this would be really embarrassing well he, he said it's kind of like going out in the ocean without any trunks on because you know when the tide comes out you're going to be exposed <laughs> so, you know all i could say is that just keeps happening to me i just keep getting my the tide goes out and there i'm standing there you know yeah, the water is cold. It reminds me of a dream I used to have, and, and it probably tells tells a lot. You guys know my story of, uh, you know, public st- speaking doesn't come easy to me, and I've come a long way in that, but I still have to go. But I'm facing that fear, um, you know, 
But <laughs> a dream that I used to have, and I hadn't thought about it because I don't dream a lot. Or maybe sometimes when I get some too much pizza late at night. But, uh, you know, I, my friends all played in rock bands. And I always wanted to learn, but not bad enough to put the effort in to actually learn it. And so I had this uh, dream of me being up on stage with a guitar in my hand and not knowing how to play at all. And I'm sitting there faking it. And I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know where that came from and I hadn't thought about it in a while, but you know, that's probably a lot of fear that's tied to, you know, fear of people or fear of being the object of people looking at you or whatever. So, you know, there's just a lot of those things that come from our experience in life that we feel like that we have to run or hide from something or pose or not be authentic because of what's happened to us in our past experience. And we just, we, like I said earlier, we imagine the a negative outcome, mm-hmm. and we end up carrying that with us. I, I think if we can boil it down to the simplest form, it, it really does go back to something we talk about at boot camp, that it's the fear of not being able to come through when I'm really needed. Whatever that looks like. You know, just plug in whatever it is, and I promise you, you know, as we, we talked about in the previous show, turning into the fear... And saying, what am I really afraid of? It's going to come down to some level of I'm not afraid I have what it takes to come through in this situation. And it's always worse when you're trying to come through for someone else. Right. And it's bad enough when it's just yourself. And when you just mentioned that, Andy, about a dream, (laughs) took me back to, oh, my gosh, yes, back in college, I always had this dream. And it was like, I'm lost. I'm in a daze. What day is it? oh my gosh, I've got something due, whether it's a paper, homework, it was something really important. And I'm like, oh, it's the day after, always in the dream. It's like, oh, it was due yesterday, I'm late, and it would hit me, and I'm like... And that one too. Yeah, and I would wake (laughs) up, and you're just like, you're like, where the heck am I? I'm lost right now. You checked it at time. What's going on? What what were my assignments? I always had that, that anxiety of... Just di- and it wasn't disappointing any others, and those those that was just me. Mm-hmm. And boy, it's a lot worse when you have your kids and your wife and everybody else involved that you're like trying to also make happy. Well, for the record, you just described most of my college days. <laughs> <laughs> In reality, unfortunately, it wasn't it wasn't a dream. <laughs> it was- Dazed and confused and tried to figure out if I had something due. That was pretty much most of the time I was in school. Uh, but yeah, it uh, the enemy knows it, right? It, it's as old as time. He knows what works. And it, yeah, it's going to look different for Harold than it looks like for Robbie. It's going to look different for Rodney than it does me or Andy. But it's going to be the same story. It, what can I press against to get you anxious, to get you into fear, that now you can react... And then the real problems break when you react. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how often when you've reacted in fear has it ended up well? Not Can very you often. name one? No. M- maybe a random one that did work. That's why you kind of hold on to it. That's like maybe it'll work this time too. That, you know? it, that not entering in. Well, things didn't completely blow up, so maybe let me try that again. Let me just stay yeah. out. Yeah. Maybe I learned from last time. I'll do it better. <laughs> yeah i'll hide better this time yeah because to me with like with this past boot camp and the wound coming to me during the camp you asked me to speak during the camp 
what the recurring theme out of everything that kept happening to me that the words that came into my head as I needed to deal with every little thing that popped up with the, whether it's an agreement or whatever was enter in. Mm-hmm. These are opportunities for you to overcome fear, shame, guilt, all the things we've been talking about. It's like this is what you do. You don't turn away, you turn towards. That's why I liked about Jay Vernon McGee always talking about when you turn away from something, you have to turn towards something. You turn away from your sin, you turn toward Jesus. And that's the important part is what are you turning toward and making that move and moving in that direction and not just standing there. Yeah, when you turn toward your fear, when you enter into the fear, yes, that's not going to go well. Right? We can just go ahead and say that. That's not going to go well no matter what you do there. Right? In most cases. I'm going to go ahead and play a clip from the movie The Kid. We use it at boot camp. But it's, it, I want you to hear what's happening here. You have a young boy who's gotten in trouble at school. His mom has to come pick him up. All he knows is he sees his dad driving up. They don't have the base, best relationship anyway. You know, there's a lot, of, a lot going on from the background. He always loses things when they're putting stuff together. He loses a screw here, loses the bolt there. You know, and that kind of plays into the clip. But really the power of this clip is not what happens in the father's reaction. It's to what an older version of the boy says to himself later. you got Bruce Willis's character speaking to himself as a little kid. And so he has the advantage of time, perspective, you know, realization. Context. You know, context. And so I want to listen to that clip and come back and talk about it. I guess oh, we ain't going to see Wales. that little never. <laughs> the kid on horseback. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. You shot the kid. <laughs> I guess we're never going to see that. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll play the right clip now. What is the matter with you? I'm sorry. How could you do this to your mother? What are you trying to do? Kill her faster? We're gonna lose her. You pull some stunt like you did today. You're killing her. I found the screw, Dad. Screw. Stop crying. Here's the screw, Dad. Look, here it is. Here it is. I found it. Stop crying. Look at the screw. Here it is. Stop crying. Stop. You gotta grow up now. Do you understand? Grow up. Mom's dying. Soon? Yeah. For your next birthday. Did I do it? No. No, you didn't do it. It's not your fault. Dad was just saying those things because he's scared. He knows that he has to raise you alone. He doesn't know how to do it. I you never cried. Since my eighth birthday. If you haven't seen the movie, you know, it's a very powerful scene. And, and, and you can kind of hear that, obviously. There's a lot of violence there from the father towards this little eight-year-old boy, I think, at this point. But the point, when we react in fear, when we react and fear is the basis we're coming from, there's carnage that happens to those around us, right? This little boy's wound set in the story, when you watch the movie, it's a great movie about the masculine journey, quite honestly, and about redemption and restoration and lots of other things. You know, Disney had no clue <laughs> what they were doing, but the movie's still very powerful in that. 
is you have this father reacting out of fear that wounds this this young boy for most of his life. It causes him to wound others, causes him to have his own fear set that's different, right? And so the enemy just multiplies that 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 fruit that's been planted, that that seed. Now it's harvesting more and more and more and more, you know. And so stepping away from that fear and turning into God is vital. In the midst of that, you know, I, I know I talked to you guys a little bit about, and I can only speak f- for me in my marriage situation. But when I was married to my wife, I loved her; she loved me. We knew that there were issues. There were issues where both of us got hurt pretty significantly. And the enemy kept playing the trust card. You can't trust that other person. You know, God would even, and I can only speak for me, God would even tell me some things and I would try to hold on to it. But my fear, I would turn more into my fear than I would turn into God. And honestly, I think at the end of the day, that, that is a big contributor to costing me my marriage was had I been able to turn more into God in the midst of it, right? And, and she would have needed to do the same thing too. I mean, it takes both. But I know only for my part, I didn't do what I needed to do. Looking back with perspective and, and time, you know, to say, wow, God, fear really played a bigger part of that whole turmoil. And now, you know, you got to look at how that impact my kids, how that impact extended family, how that impact friends, how that impact our community. You know, now you see the carnage and the ripple effects from reacting out of fear. Yep. Right. So, guys, what about you? What's some times where you've reacted out of fear if you feel open to share? What's some times that God can kind of tell you, hey, look, this is where this kind of fell apart? Or so, where, where God redeemed it? So, for me, it was broken relationship like you going through a separation uh, I got very fearful. I, you know, my life's fall, life was falling apart. And, um, you know, I, I was a family man. I didn't want to see this. And so I got very desperate. And this is what happens to a lot of guys whenever they realize that they've sat on the sideline for too long. And it wasn't all that. I did. I was shatter issues too. But um, I think it was like I got desperate. And she sensed that fear. And, and that, that scared her because it put pressure on her. And it drove her away. And then I did it kind of to my daughter as well. I didn't do any of the thing of you cause this divorce or anything like that. But I was so desperate to see her that I would call her and it would kind of weird her out and stuff. And, and you know, through that process, God has done so, so much. And I don't know that I the whole time as he's been healing all this and through time, I mean, this is like nine years, but not all that time. It wasn't he was dealing with fear, but I can really tell you that there is so much more of a confidence and a stability that comes from him over time as you deal with it. I mean, I'm I, I have the same stuff that you know that we all deal with. Fear comes back in, but he gave me victory. He gave me breakthrough in that. Does that mean that I won't act a fool and get fearful again? Tomorrow? No, not at all. But I mean, all I can do is testify to his goodness and how he led me through that and saw, helped me to see, because I didn't see it at the time. I didn't really realize what I was doing. And a lot of times you don't when you're fearful. Uh, Robbie, I want to go back to the verse that you talked about in the last show. First John? Yeah, it's, it's yeah where it again. says perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Our only hope of defeating fear is to turn into the pure love right 
and, and to see there's a green carpet that's going to, you know, take us home. Yeah. You know, you can clearly see that. And the fascinating thing is you can make a really big mess. Like, you know, as you were th- talking about it, I remember the phone call from Darren that he was not going to do the radio show anymore. Yeah. And at that time, I was really fearful about my income. The uh, Justice Department was garnishing my wages, and there was a lot of reasons for me to be fearful of the lack of income that would have come from the, the radio show, plus, you know, other things that pumped into that. And immediately, I decided to take control by anger, like you are too, because this is your agreement, and I'm sure that, you know, the complete alpha Robbie, you know, took over that conversation. Honestly, I, you know, what Darren described as I was screaming and yelling, I don't remember. You know, I don't, I don't actually remember the conversation, but I can sure see the carnage, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and it even played into, you know, your situation with Heidi and, Mm -hmm. And the carnage that was all around that moment of fear, and it spun in a lot of a lot of. However, to some extent, there's a green carpet. <laughs> yeah. You know, despite how many times we've blown it, you know, there's there's still this like. If you just stay right here, it 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 really is. God is really really cool, and this is going to be amazing. And I think about the amazing times we've had since as a result of just trusting him. Well, and I think, you know, the only thing that we could do at that point, honestly, is we each in our own time turned into him, paved the way for the reconciliation, paved the way for that. It would not have been possible had we stayed in our fears, had we stayed in our, what felt to be true, right? Because that's a problem with fear. It feels true. You know, the enemy doesn't base any of his stuff on full-on lies, typically. It's always an element of truth, and he plays against that truth. You know, when you don't have enough money to go around, something has to give, right? I mean, there's, there's truth in that. And because you know it's true, you know, or if I speak up, man, I'm going to get smacked down again. That's happened before, and he'll play the old card. You know, Rodney, as you talked about, he plays the past card. Right, and makes us feel like that's what's the truth of the present. Right, but the thing is, we have the truth with us. We just need to turn to Him, and it's I know it's so much easier said than done. I think it's interesting uh, the difference in what we can be fearful of, because about eighteen years ago, uh, I was in the hospital for catheterization. I flatlined twice. The next morning, I had quintuple bypass surgery. I had no fear. But about 10 years ago, my sweetheart was in the hospital. She had pneumonia, pleurisy, and a staph infection. And I can't remember now the name of that really bad staph that's MRSA. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Uh, one of the the young nurses made a mistake in reading the, the lab work, came in and, and said that uh, she had MRSA. So all weekend long, I'm sitting in the hospital room with my wife, and I made a mistake when I got home in the evening of getting on the Internet 
to look up about MRSA infection in the lungs. It's a death sentence. Yeah. Well, I couldn't tell her that, but I sat there and uh, thinking, I'm going to lose her. Scared to death. Mm -hmm. And it turned out so funny because over the weekend, her doctor was off duty, and so somebody else was doing it. He came in on Monday walked in the room, and he grabbed the gown and stuff and and mid-stride said, wait, what's this for? And I said, well, they said she has MRSA. He sat down real quick and flipped some papers and looked, and he said, she doesn't have MRSA. What had happened was the report said methicillin-sensitive, and the, the nurse misinterpreted it, thinking, okay, and so it was so funny that that little nurse came in late that afternoon, and she was so sheepish and embarrassed and apologizing out the yin yang. And I, I, I really messed with her, and I shouldn't have done it. But I put this real stern look on my face, and she was a little tiny woman. I said, "Well, I got something very important to say to you." And oh, she just went white as a sheet, and she looked at me, and I said, "Are you willing to be forgiven?" And it took her a moment or two, and it was almost like you could see the, the wheels turning behind her eyes, you know. And she looked up at me, and she said, oh, yes. And so I gave her a hug, and I said, you're forgiven. Mm-hmm. But that was a scary time for me, and it, it, it told me where my fear really lies. Not so much on myself, but on the other people for whom I feel responsible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's there's fear of also how that'll impact your life, you know, moving forward. Oh yeah, you know. Well, see, I don't know what life is like as an adult without her. Right. We got married three days after I graduated college, so that was what like, you know, in the fourteen <laughs> twenties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they BC. were building they were building Stonehenge. Back then, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I know. Socrates, you're, you know, professor. I'm not as old as dirt, but I'm gaining on it. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Well, let's talk about, you know, the scripture's pretty clear about not being anxious, to not have fear as far as worldly fear, right? I want to ask you, how many things that you've worried about, if you could even, it would be interesting to keep a logbook of, these are my worries, and then go back and look, how many of them actually come true? Most of what we worry about don't ever manifest. Well, there's so many of them, it's just normal life. It, I mean, I, do, I can't picture a time when there wasn't fear of something. Yeah, I mean, you get that random moment and you go, wait a minute, I'm not worried about anything. Is something wrong? <laughs> yeah. I, I got to find something to worry <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that's that, more normal, yeah. That tends to be what it is, yeah. right? But that's not how we're meant to live. Right, and so we don't. I don't know. We have a little bit of time left on the the podcast. I do want to distinguish a little bit between that and the fear of the Lord, hmm. right? Because Scripture does say clearly, you know, talks about the fear of the Lord, right? And and Robbie, when you looked it up, I always assumed it was just reverence. Oh, it no. was just respect, it's terror. It's like you're on your face, you know, like that angel showed up, and it's like, don't be afraid, you know that that kind of absolute fear and the the cool thing for me on that subject is if you look in Isaiah 11 it gives you the seven spirits of the Lord that you could 
take over to Revelation, when you see the torches, there are seven spirits. What are those spirits? Well, the sixth one is the fear of the Lord, and the seventh one is a delight in the fear of the Lord. In other words, my dad is so big and so bad <laughs> that you, I, outlaw Josie Wales got nothing on God. Okay, you know what I'm saying? It's like that's that place where you don't have to worry because you know the green carpet's coming for you to make it, you know, on the way home. So there's a delight in the fear of the Lord, but that fear of the Lord, and interestingly, if you take the seven spirits, the first one's wisdom, which is the beginning of wisdom Mm -hmm. is the fear of the Lord. And so interestingly, from my perspective, three of the seven lights that they're talking about speak back to this understanding of who's on first. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what? Who's on, what's on second? I don't know who's on third. Yesterday and tomorrow, pictures and catchers. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, but this fear of the Lord, okay, so help us understand, I mean, really, what's that mean? What does that mean to be fearful of the Lord? Right, well, because, you know, we, we talk yeah. on several top, several shows, he's a loving God, which is true. Yeah. The scripture also says to fear him. Right. And to me, you contrast that with fear of man. So yeah. fear of man, you look in somebody's face, you can see fear, and it's like, oh, I'm scared, you right? But when you look at the Lord and you say the fear of the Lord, to me, it's the joy of the Lord. That's what you get when you start to fear God is you don't have, you're not afraid anymore. Death doesn't even bother you anymore like Robbie just went through in his description. You enter into things, and that's what my whole experience what came to be at the last boot camp was Every time I turned to, whether it was an agreement or my wound, it was Rodney, enter in. And that whole thing of going with him and being a part of him and his experience and letting him lead, because one of the things I like was Matthew uh, 10, 28, do not fear those who kill the body but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And you kind of keep that in mind. It's like, that's the proper aspect of fear. Uh, maybe we just need to do a show on fear of the Lord, right? Because I don't think we're going to do it justice. And so maybe we're going to have a, a little mini series on fear. And so maybe that's what we'll talk about next week is fear of the Lord. Because honestly, I got to say, I struggle with that a little bit. Not when I was growing up. I grew up in a fire and brimstone church. You know, God was judgmental. Of course I was afraid of him. Now that I've known his love and his healing and his restoration, I struggle to understand the fear. You know, I'm just being very candid. And so I think we need to come back and probably visit next week on the fear of the Lord. But this week, don't be afraid of man. Don't be afraid of the things that are here. Turn to God and say, God, help me walk through this fear. What am I really afraid of? And help step into the truth that he's trying to give you that he loves you, he's there, and he'll take you through it and he'll guide you home. Let him guide you home this week and go to masculinejourney.org, pick up past podcasts, a new podcast coming out, and register for the upcoming boot camp soon. This is the Truth Network.